Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com. Do it now. This is something you want to take care of before things get even more insane. Great investment, great company. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Well, coming up, they are called the chicks on the right. Yeah, they don't mind being called chicks. And by the way, neither do I. I, there are a lot of things I mind being called, but chicks isn't one of them and neither do they. And yes, they lean to the right, but they are fun. They are sane. They are fun loving and they just tell it like it is. They weren't into politics always, but they'll tell you how they got there. And then we'll talk about everything from a potential Trump DeSantis primary to Gavin Newsom to Kamala Harris to all kinds of stuff, free speech, Twitter, Elon Musk. We're going to discuss so many things and it's going to fly by because these chicks are fun. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. It is liberating to be able to call someone a chick. And I don't mind when people call me a chick, a broad, a dame. It doesn't bother me. For It just doesn't affect me. I don't, I'm not offended by it. There are some words I am offended by. I wouldn't like to be called, but it's your prerogative. It's a free country so far, if we can hang on to it. And the chicks on the right, Mock and Daisy, I think want to make sure that we do. How are you, ladies? Great. Great. Doing well. Happy New I, Year. I love, I, I'm so glad to have you. I have only recently been digging around and looking at all you've done over the years. And it's it's really cool. But the name Chicks on the Right would suggest that you lean to the right. Uh, Mock, I'll start with you. Where did you come by this proclivity? To lean to the right or where yes. did we get the name? Okay. No, where to did lean, to the, lean right. to the right. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting story and you can actually listen to the story of how we became the Chicks on the Right in our podcast, we did a whole episode on, on Chicks on the Right podcast several deep dives ago. And it's an interesting story. And I bring it up because it's a, it's a, it's a unique way that we met. Um, it's this very serendipitous way that we met. And it was during the summer of 2008 that we came together and neither of us were particularly 
political at the time. But because that was the height of Obama mania, yeah. we found ourselves talking about nothing but that because we were kind of like, what is going on? Why are people falling for this absolute snow job that he's giving everybody? And so we found ourselves talking about it all the time. And then Daisy, after a few months of going to lunch every day and working together every day, she had this idea, we should start a website. And that was a natural <laughs> name that just came to us because that's exactly what we are. Uh, so Daisy, why did you guys think Obama was selling a snow job? What, 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 what tipped you off? Uh, well, he just, he came onto the scene and we had not really heard much about him before. And it wasn't that I was um, not political. I just, I didn't really talk about it much with my, with my friends. It wasn't something that we discussed over chips and salsa at lunch or anything, or I just, it, it was more like shoes and <laughs> families and kids and stuff like that. That was more what we discussed. But we found ourselves talking more about this guy and how um, the youth of America, they were so enamored with this guy and they had stars in their eyes over him. And we were like, wow, I mean, he just he's really snowing these people because he just sort of burst onto the scene. And I think it was the way that he um, the way that he got a hold of young people and the way that they use pop culture and the way yeah. that they started using social and stuff like that with these kids. And so we saw how Democrats did it so much better than Republicans. And we were like, gosh, we're not doing that. We're not reaching out um, with pop culture. We're not doing it with just culture in general. And so we saw that there was um, a need that needed to be filled. We saw that there was a way that they were talking to people that we weren't doing that on our side of the aisle. Yeah. And we were like, see, need, fill the need. And so we decided to start the website. It's a pretty remarkable response to a, a, a to a, a president, it, it, probably a candidate at that point, and then he became president, obviously. And and to 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 go all in at that time, how far, Daisy, did you think you guys were going to go with this? Oh my goodness, we thought our parents would read it. <laughs> we, we thought it would be just like our parents and a couple of friends, and we'd be happy with that, just to be able to get our frustrations out and our thoughts out on a website. But then we started getting a little bit of a cult following, and we were surprised by that. And I think what um, surprised us the most was that there were people just like us who were looking for like-minded um, women and men that that needed that group of people that look like them, that talk like them, that um, when I say look like them, it's not like they looked exactly like us, but that just felt like them and said the things that we were saying and said it in a way that that was not buttoned up and pundit like. Yeah. But yeah. it was just, you know, like talking like like I was saying over chips and salsa at lunch. And we're yeah. very inappropriate. Um, <laughs> we're we're very common sense and just very down to earth. We say things that are, you know, just kind of off the hip. We, we just we're not always. Um, how do I say we're just sometimes we, we do it in a way that's humorous. A lot of times we do it in a way that's humorous. Um, we take serious subjects and we try to make it so it is easily digestible yeah. for yeah. people. Yeah. Which can be tough in the political climate, right? And it can be tough with with tough subjects that are not always fun to talk about. Yeah, and we try to do that, mm -hmm. which is probably why you avoided it to begin with and talked about shoes and babies instead. And mock, <laughs> I, I get that. I mock. I have a lot of friends who don't want to talk politics, and it's mm -hmm. all I want to talk about most of the time. And it's so important to me. And I feel like 
why don't you want to engage? What are you afraid of? And so here you are all this time in now. You've got the podcast, you've got a book, you guys are doing all kinds of things. What's What's been sort of the the biggest blowback you've experienced? Have you, like so many have, lost friends or relatives along the way? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, and politics has become so ugly for as yeah. long as we've been doing this. Yeah. Uglier and uglier as the years go yeah. by, right? So we have personal stories within our own families about, you know, family relationships that have suffered, friend relationships that have suffered. But I think, you know, what we've learned from it all is, first of all, to develop a much thicker skin than we had <laughs> when we went into this, because mm -hmm. we had no idea going in that we would face the kind of just nasty hatred that you you get i mean any conservative woman any woman in your in your profession too back in sports i'm sure you faced a ton of hatred and yeah. it's just it's part of the game right and so now we've just become accustomed to it and we make it part of our wall of shame and it's something that we can <laughs> use to our advantage um but i think that that it, for, we just talked about this this morning as a matter of fact on our podcast about how it must be kind of nice for people who aren't engaged to just like live through life, not actually even knowing what's happening. And there's, I, I get it at this point, it's become so awful yeah. that I almost understand it when people just want to tune out of the noise and not know, because it's almost easier to go through life that way. Just not ignorant. having a clue how bad it's getting. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's be, the old saying, ignorant. ignorance is bliss, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh-huh. And the names that we've been called, I mean, it's like it used to be when we first started, being called a racist was, I mean, it just was so uh, painful to be called that. Like that was the worst thing ever. And now they've moved on to white supremacists, you know? So it, it oh, racist yeah, became- Oh, yeah, I, I, I hear you. Know? you. Yeah, I that that- you mentioned being called a, a racist is so painful and it seems to me that's why they, the other side or whoever wants to use that term uses it because they do know that it inflicts such harm on the target of it. And now white supremacists, let's go even a step further, right? You're not just right. a racist. You're a white supremacist. Mm -hmm. You believe whites are the only, it's just, it is painful and it's sickening. And, but it, I, I've come to accept, and I'm sure the two of you have that, this is part of their game. It's part of their, it's, it's part of their ammunition. If they mm -hmm. call you that enough, maybe you'll just cower into the corner, right, Daisy? I mean, it, maybe right. you'll just say, okay, never mind. It's too hard. I'm just going to go away. Right. So I teach, I teach the, my children that they, they, that's how they want to shut down a conversation. Yes. That's how, that's how non intellectual people want to shut down a conversation. Don't let them do it. You know, don't let them do that to you and don't let them silence you. And that's just a, those are the stupid people, right? <laughs> it's like those are the dumb people who don't want to have an actual conversation about well, there's issues. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and mm -hmm. they could be smart, Mock. They might be, but they this is not a smart way to evolve as a society or or live a civilized life by calling people names to get them to shut up. I'm a free speech absolutist. I, you know, say whatever you want, but when you start just muting people or showing up at a, a rally with a bullhorn to, to, to interrupt and quiet and, you know, deafen the crowd so they can't hear what a person's saying, there's where I draw the line. What about you? 
Oh, absolutely. And it's why right now I think so many of us are so grateful to Elon Musk for what he's doing with Twitter. I mean, he's, you know, he's not a free speech absolutist. I, I think that he's got his limits and we've seen that already come into play. But at least now there is one platform out of the many social media giants out there where there's a little bit more, you can, you, there, it's palpable. You can see and feel the difference already. Yeah. I'm sure you've noticed this too, where people feel a sense of relief that they can actually have conversations now that have essentially been banned for the past few years. I mean, now with this this football player that's unfortunately suffered cardiac arrest and we're seeing all of the speculation about that, there are conversations taking place on Twitter today about that that could never have happened last year. Yeah, and think about mm -hmm. how sad that is for America that we couldn't even have the conversations. Now, granted, nobody knows the cause of his episode, and I hope that we will, but there's no reason that we can't have a debate about the potential reasons for that. And yeah. so I'm just grateful that there's some light at the end of the tunnel with respect to free speech, to your point, that we're actually starting to see maybe there's going to be a turnaround. Maybe we're going to see a shift back to some free speech. Mm -hmm. You know, Daisy, I was emailing with an old friend of mine. He's probably in his late 70s, early 80s now. And he said, and I've appeared on Gutfeld on the Fox News channel multiple times. And he said to me, I love seeing you on Gutfeld. I'm afraid we've gone too far to the left and we may not be able to get back. I think it all happened while we were all just enjoying the good life of being Americans. I, I guess I would pose that question to you. How, how do we get it back? Because even though, yes, Elon Musk bought Twitter, and yes, I do think it's a freer space now than it has been, and we are allowed, how about that, allowed to right. ask questions again. Yeah. Um, but, but has it swung so far that we won't be able to get the toothpaste back in the tube, or how hopeful are you that we can regain some sanity here? Well, um, I try to remain positive, and I, I think it, part of it is not taking it for granted. That's one thing that Mock and I do not do is we don't take it for granted. Um, but teaching our children to not take it for granted, because that's the generation I worry most about yeah. is my kids, that mm -hmm. generation, and then our if, potential grandchildren, right? Because that generation, they take so much, millennials, and then the generation after them, what do they call them? Generate, what is that? Z? Z A? Z, I, I think it's Z. I lose track of I, I, all I the lost track too. Right, I don't know what the heck they are, but that, <laughs> that generation, I, I worry about them because, man, they take it for granted. They take so much, yeah. they just crap all over this country. They just, they think it's so awful because they've been taught that it's awful. So exactly. we have to, we have to teach that we have to reteach them or teach them and reteach them that it is awesome to live here. It is awesome that the freedoms that this country affords them. And we have to tell them how amazing I try to tell my kids how amazing it is to be here every single day. And that, mm. you know, especially like as women, you, my daughters can't do the things that they do here in other countries. I try to show, you know, like my 12 year old daughter, I say in Saudi Arabia, you can't do X, Y, Z. Like she's a swimmer. You know, you oh, couldn't yeah. do, you couldn't do what you do as a competitive swimmer in, you know, countries in the middle East. I mean, there are places in the world that you cannot be who you are in the United States of, of America and this beautiful experiment that is the United States of America. I think it's just teaching our kids how amazing this country is because they've not been taught that like we were taught that. 
in, yeah. in school and by our parents, you know? Well, worse, well, they've been taught to hate the country. That's it's not the even thing. that they're not taught to love it. They're actively taught to hate it. Amen. That's yeah. so sad. Mm-hmm. Well, that notion, Mock, that there are two classes of people in America, the oppressed and the oppressors. Right. And it's that simple. And you're either one or the other. Is such a counterproductive message. No wonder so many people are depressed because either you're oppressed which is depressing, mm-hmm. or you're the person <laughs> causing all this pain for others, which is maybe more depressing. Yeah. And, and instead, it, why aren't we emboldening these kids, enriching them, teaching them how strong they are, how capable mm-hmm. they are, and that anyone, we've had a, a black president, we have yeah. a black female vice president, one of the richest people in the world is Oprah Winfrey, we could go on and on about Beyonce, yeah. mm-hmm. we could go on and on and on. There are opportunities for everyone. And yet these cynical academics have decided that our history has been taught incorrectly and that we're just a bunch of people who came in and stole land and, and are, are white supremacists. It's just astonishing to me. Mm-hmm. And it's it it, to your point, it's counterproductive in right. that, you, you know, the whole idea of the 1619 project to which you're referring and all of this, the 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 push, the, the George Floyd protests, all of this push to fix race racism in America has made it exponentially worse right. mm-hmm. by almost every measure. Mm-hmm. And so all of the 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 ways that leftists go about trying to heal us from this pain that, that we're, they're convincing everybody that we're in is is it does the exact opposite and it's so frustrating to watch people buy into it either as an oppressor or an oppressed person like why do you want to be a victim why not just pull yourself up and like exceed expectations that you believe society has put on you and and why anyone would apologize and accept their role as an oppressor i see white women doing this all the time like apologizing for being white women right and that's the badge i will not (laughs) that's the badge of feminism now the badge of feminism is victimhood which is something that we would never prescribe to be feminist because feminism is such a freaking joke right now it's it's just it's gross i would never want to (laughs) be in any way like a a prescriber of feminism because that's what they they say oh we're we're victims we're victims of everything we're victims of this this and everything toxic masculinity racism all of it and it's it's they've decided to just forfeit all their power and tell Mm -hmm. everyone else you're powerless you have forfeited every strength that you have and uh, you know it, it 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 is it's driving all of us crazy but after this break i want to talk about the optimism that we might be seeing or feeling or generating. And we're going to do that. Cause I think, I think there is some, God, I hope there is some <laughs> back with the chicks on the right, right after this. A long time now I've been talking about legacy precious metals and there really has never been a better time to invest in gold and silver. And the only company I trust with, with this kind of stuff is legacy precious metals. We've been connected with them for a long time. They're good, trustworthy people who just want to educate you on your options and help you make the right decisions for you. Now, the stuff we're going through right now, oh my goodness, 2023 is just underway and already you're starting to think, uh, can they get it together in Washington, D.C.? Is inflation going to wane? Is my gas 
price going to go down or up? What's going on? And what's it going to be like? Well, a good long-term play after you consider all your short-term stuff is gold and or silver. Now, gold is a hedge against inflation. It protects against a weakening dollar. No other investment can do that. The stock market can't do that. So why don't you check into gold and silver? Remember 2008? A lot of people are comparing right now to 2008. And back then, those who invested in gold saw significant gains and others lost their retirement. So get on the phone or get online and get in touch with the good folks at Legacy Precious Metals. Here's the number, 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, back with the chicks on the right. Daisy, I maybe I'm stupid, naive, Pollyanna. I'm optimistic. And if I weren't, I don't think I would be doing my podcast. I don't think I would have left my gig at the NFL, you know, at, at NBC to to speak out. But I feel as though I had to. I feel as though I kind of like you guys do. Like I I, I need people to hear it from not just the people they're hearing it from, but maybe some sane common sense, just middle of the road kind of folks like me to hear these messages of you're not a victim. Don't give away your power. Uh, America's not evil. You should see the rest of the world. <laughs> Masks don't work. Yada, yada, yada. Um, how much optimism do you have, Daisy? You know, I, I, it's funny because when we first started, I probably was more of a pessimist and then Mock was the optimist. I think we flip-flopped a little bit over the, uh -oh. <laughs> over the past year. There was so no weird. net gain there if you flip-flopped. right? <laughs> we've we've flip-flopped. She, she's become a little bit more like trepidatious with stuff and I'm a little more, and I feel like I'm a little more um, optimistic probably at least going into this year. Um, I, I see our community. We have a great community of people and I, and I see them. And I see like when we meet people at our, our meet and greets, um, we, and we do a podcast every single morning, we have a great chat going. Um, and, I, and I see them talking to one another. And these people are real people in the real world. And a lot of times we don't focus a lot on the real world. When I say us, you know, yeah. just people in general, we, we tend to like watch the news and we see what's going on, like on social media and people are mm -hmm. awful to one another and, mm -hmm. and the media and, you know, politicians and all these powers that be want us to believe that everybody hates everybody. But then when you get in the real world and you talk to real people, people are actually okay with one another. We actually <laughs> yeah. love one another more than they'd like to give us credit for. So, yeah. I mean, and I live in Texas, I live in rural Texas and people are genuinely nice to one another and they're great with one another. So, I mean, I tend to have some optimism that, you know, there are good people in the world and we, and we all want the same things for our kids. We want you know, we still believe in the American dream. We still believe that this country's awesome. I mean, I do think that there's still goodness in, in this country and that there are still good people out there who are willing to fight for it and willing to, you know, do what's right. And so we're, we, we're still out there. We're still there. We're still kicking. Mock, <laughs> if you have flip-flopped with her a little bit, what, what's your sort of your future <laughs> vision? What do, you, what do you see coming down the pike? Well, I, I do think that 
overall, I still have lots and lots of hope and belief in the American way and America's greatness and all of those things. My pessimism, I think, comes from just a defense mechanism, honestly. So it's a way of preserving my sanity when I see <laughs> the crazy. I, I just try to not set my expectations too high so that I'm not disappointed. So for example, ahead of midterms, I was like, I don't think this is going to go well, you guys. Mm -hmm. I just don't see all these polls. I don't buy it. I just don't think this is going to go very the well. Wave. We should have the been wave. talking to you. Everyone right. else the felt wave. like there's this wave coming. The wave. I know. Yeah. And, but, but the whole time I was like, I think we're going to take the House. I don't think it's going to be by a lot. And I do not think we're going to get the Senate. I think we have mm -hmm. rotten candidates. And mm -hmm. I... I just felt every time I would say that, I would get so much pushback. But yep. to me, it wasn't about trying to be a doomsayer. It was about literally just trying to protect my own sanity. Because I thought if I let myself, you know, <laughs> run away with this belief that everything's <laughs> going to be great, think of how disappointed I would have been on election day. Oh, and gosh. instead, I was like, well, this is about how I thought it was going to go. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, that's kind of interesting that you, that you foresaw what so many didn't. And I, I was... Uh, Unfortunately, I was one of those sad saps who was optimistic about it. But um, let's let's look ahead a little bit. The one thing that did happen in the midterms that that I think really caught everyone's attention nationwide was Ron DeSantis's win and how he flipped even Miami-Dade County, and which is a typically a very Democrat-heavy county, and and that the way that he won compared to the, his first election to this one was just a, an utter. I, I mean, he just just trounced. Right. And a lot of that, I think, came from he handled the hurricane down there so beautifully. Well, mm -hmm. I, I have a place down there and was following it very closely and was watching him very closely and what he was doing. Compare that to the recent storm in Buffalo, for which there was like seemingly zero preparation by the New York government and by, you know, the any of the assets they had there went into place afterward. And it was really too late. I think that that is a vast difference. So what I'm getting to now is that Ron DeSantis on the night of his election with his stunning wife and his mm -hmm. adorable three children up on stage with him very much looked like a presidential candidate to me. Yeah. And I think a lot of people started to go, hmm, this is really interesting. If, if he can turn Florida a solid red, you know, what might he be able to do nationwide? In the meantime, I wrote an open letter to Donald Trump not to run, but he didn't listen to me and um, he didn't. So, but he is the I would have signed that letter. I would have yeah. signed that letter for you. Totally. Totally. Sadly, it seems that no one can convince that man, not the three of us, not anyone, but mm -hmm. he's running, Daisy. What do we do with that? What, what do you think might happen? Because I, I just... I well, think he we, could garner a big chunk of voters. Well, I really, well, I don't know. I, Ron DeSantis needs to put his hat in the ring first. Yeah, I agree. He needs to I decide agree. I'm running. I mean, let's mm -hmm. hope that he does that because he would be an unbelievable candidate. He would be fantastic because his leadership speaks for itself, right? And I mean, he can't miss this moment. Like he's got momentum, right? I agree with you because I mean, there was, we did have what speculation. I think it was mock. She was like, well, I mean, he could wait until 2028. And I'm like, no, he no. cannot wait until 2028. No. Well, but remember this the only reason I suggested that is because <laughs> I feel so worried about 2024. He cannot wait. He cannot that I, wait. That I was like, what if the, what if no. voting is so screwed up right now that we can't win 2024? No. If that's the case, Nope. and it doesn't get fixed, 
then I want him to wait. But if if voting is secure, hell yes, that is my guy. Usually I have a cardboard cutout of him right behind (laughs) me. She basically, (laughs) there's a a restraining order. Oh, God, I do have a little crushed. bit of a crush. Like, yeah. there's a restraining order, Michelle. Oh, okay. sure. well, so, you know yeah, that's fake news. <laughs> that is fake news. <laughs> but, but, but yes, I, I, go he's, ahead. But Trump, but Trump has to, Trump has to bow out, or if, or if he doesn't, I think the American people. I would hope that at least the people on our side of the aisle, because you know, just talking to people. I know that there are the 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 ne- there are the all all in Trumpers that yes. are going to be like, oh my gosh, it's it's Trump or or I or nothing. No I'm going to stay yeah. home, right? But there are a lot of people, and we've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to a lot of people here who are like, it's just you know, DeSantis is the only yeah. way for us to actually have some sanity left yeah. in this party and for this country. So I would hope that there would be a lot of people who would come out in droves for him, especially if we got him on a debate stage. It's too early, y'all. We got to have like some debates and. And I think he would do unbelievably well in a debate. He would do so great. And we got to get through all that madness, right? Yeah. I'm dreading that. (laughs) And and Mock, here's the thing. Like, I realize we're talking about your crush here and so you're a little biased. But (laughs) I I do think, you know, people are are convinced. uh, I'm not one of them. But many people are convinced that Trump can take down anyone. That he can use his old tactics and take down anyone. My reply to that is... We know his tactics now. We know mm-hmm. how he game plans and you can counter game plan that you can. If there's anyone who can do it, it seems to me it's DeSantis who is Agreed. pretty fearless. And so, yeah. you know, how do you envision a debate? But if it came down to the two of them, how do you see that going? Well, it's going to be ugly. I don't think there's any question about the fact that they're going to be very, very scrappy against one another. And and Trump will be extra ugly because it's all I mean, he already started it right with the yeah. desanctimonious nonsense. The it moment that that very happened, well, by the way, but anyway, go ahead. but oh, the moment that that happened, that's when I was just like, I am done. Like yeah. I'm done with this, this immature juvenile name calling nonsense. I'm sick and tired of it. We need someone that can lead and that can be taken seriously. Mm. And so I do worry about the only Trumper faction because I yeah. think it's unusually large, but I would hope that in, in a general at least, or like in a primary that enough people with level heads will prevail. And that in a general, even those only Trumpers will re- recognize that for the good of the country, it's time to move past Trump. Right. Especially right. if it's against Biden. Look what he's oh, right. my gosh. crying it, yeah. out loud. Exactly. Look at your 401k for crying. <laughs> uh, uh, look God, at so many else. things. I mean, look yeah. at the border. Look at, yes. you know, the, <laughs> there are so many. I, I mean, I, I was prepared for some things to go badly during this administration. Mm-hmm. It has gone insanely badly. Yes. I just used two adverbs. I think that was okay. Good. It's anyway, fine. You know it's what okay. I mean? It's we been, totally know. it's been mm-hmm. so much worse than I ever could have anticipated. Yes. And I get, I get truly angry. Uh, the fact that he just dismisses what's going on at the border as if yes. those people's lives don't matter, as if our border patrol agents do not matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sickens me how small he thinks that problem is when it's impacting so many lives. So this has gone far worse than I ever expected. Do you really, Daisy, do you really believe that Biden will run again? I, I mean, I always, I like to say no because he's so 
old. <laughs> but he's just so old and he's so senile, you guys. But 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 the thing Visiting is, all- angels. I know we always sing that. America's choice and home care. We always sing that oh, on our podcast. I wonder but if Jill Bonner is secretly a visiting angel. She is. Oh my gosh, she's. It's elder abuse, is what they're doing. But I, yeah. we've we've said that for years now. But I, but all all signs point to yes. Like they're insane at this point. They're gonna. I think that they will run him again. Why? I have no idea. But they yeah, will. I, I think. I don't will. know. Uh, Mock. Is there any good alternative for the Democrats? No, I mean they're, they they ha- their their alternates are awful. I mean Kamala is it's just and it, it's it laughable how ineffective she is. Yeah. Mayor Pete awful. Can't, I mean in the now. Southwest debacle, all the airline mm-hmm. stuff is just another example of how utterly useless he is. They don't have anybody waiting in the wings that would make sense. Although I know they're, they've thrown around Gavin Newsom as a potential, and I suppose he's slick enough and. He's going to attract enough of the right people. I hope Biden runs again because I think he's going to be extra easy to beat, uh, especially in comparison to someone like a Gavin Newsom, who I think can, you know, do the whole shooter McGavin kind of I'm going to get people with my car salesman approach. Yeah, I think there's there's enough stupid people that are going to buy what he's selling that it makes me a little nervous. Biden, I think, is much easier to beat. So I'm hopeful that he runs again. Yeah. And then uh, if you I, put a if you put a Biden up against a DeSantis, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 It would just I mean, if it's DeSantis, Gavin Newsom, it gets really interesting. It becomes the battle of the hair almost, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's just but all you need to do is show people pictures of California, mm-hmm. things that have gone on in California. I mean, that's the state I was born in and raised in both my parents and grew up in. And I was just there this la- for New Year's and it, it's just tragic. It's just it is. awful. It's, it's mm-hmm. the most, some of the most beautiful land in the world and people are leaving in droves and good for them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're coming to, to your states too. They're, but uh, So much so because I see all the Subarus driving around. <laughs> it's out of control. <laughs> right. Oh, we could go in so many directions for so long that I promise my listeners bite-size amounts. So what this means is we will have to do it again, ladies. I'd love to You'll have, have you You'll have to back. come on our show. I we would do. love it. I would absolutely love it. It's... Uh, it's fun to talk to like-minded people who seem really normal. And, you know, you're right. I, I don't remember which one of you said it, but we just, we seem to pay attention and, and, and think that AOC is the average Democrat. Well, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's true. And yeah. I also don't think, you know, I, I don't think that um, Matt Gates is an average Republican. So I think that unfortunately the cartoon characters get our attention and, uh, I, I, it seems like an insurmountable thing to get people to really pay attention and do, do their due diligence on these candidates, but we gotta, we gotta hope. And maybe the Republicans will get smarter in the way that they sell, choose their candidates first and then promote them. Let's, we'll see. Um, fingers crossed. For fingers all of crossed. Yep. Mock and Daisy, what a blast to have you both. They are the chicks on the right. They've got a daily, a daily podcast. You can find out everything you need online at their website, which we're showing you on a banner right now. Check out their podcast. Check out their book. Check out their wall of shame. <laughs> what, goes, what goes on the wall of shame? 
Uh, uh, oh hate my. mail that's, that <laughs> is interesting. I mean, we get hate mail every single day, but if yeah. there are people that get scrappy enough in, an, in a back and forth exchange when I, when I feel like they could actually make us some money, then I, <laughs> then I feature them on the wall of shame. We're capitalists. Very, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I love it. <laughs> Capitalism. Yes, sir. It works. Yes, uh-huh. uh, very cool having you. I'd love to do it again. And absolutely, I accept your invitation. Uh, we'll make that happen. And We'd love it. In the meantime, folks, thanks for tuning into Sideline Sanity. This has been a little bit of goofy sanity, and I liked it. <laughs> I did. Um, in the meantime, be brave. Don't forget your courage and do good. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Happy to talk once again with Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. You know, I think it still is confusing to people, uh, some people, uh, as to why a precious metals investment would be a worthwhile one, particularly at this time when they're thinking, I'm doing all I can to put gas in the car. Why is now a particularly good time? And we'll go from there to how small of an investment is worthwhile for someone? You know, a great question. And I think the the importance of why really comes into the fact that we have to save for ourselves, whether it's a little here, a little there, whether it's making it a plan and putting out so much a paycheck, whether it's making sure we fund our retirement account. We have to realize we are responsible for ourselves in the long run. <laughs> you mean that no one else is going to ride up and save us, you know, on some white steed? It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. You know, the, and anyone who's promising to do that is getting ready to take advantage of you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so, so if, if I'm an investor, a potential investor, and I'm looking at legacy precious metals and I'm saying to myself, yeah, I, I, this sounds smart. I don't have a lot to spend. What would you tell that person? I would say, do what you can. If you never start, you never get there. So the most important step you can take is saying, I'm going to take care of myself and my family. I'm going to make it a plan. I'm going to take action. I'm going to start in the way that's comfortable for me. That's the important thing. The first step is always the hardest. But once you take that first step, the second step is easier. And then you're moving. And then once you're in motion, it's hard to stop you. So that first step, most important step. I always tell people they can call and talk to an IRA expert or, or check out the, the guide that they can download for free, the investor's guide. What, what is the number one question that you get from people who are first-time investors? The biggest question I get, is this right for me? That is the question. And that comes from everyone. So, so everyone's asking the same, is this right for me? And yet we're all so unique. And, and yet it, it is a sound investment for just about any portfolio, isn't it? It is. Even though we're all unique, that uniqueness is going to tailor the way we begin the investment. Okay. But we're all in the same situation. That's the one thing I think we seem to forget in today's society. Whether you agree with somebody or not, we're in this together. America is in this transition that we're in right now. We're dealing with the same issues. Some people like them, some don't, but we're all in it together. Right? So the need is the same. How we prepare and how we invest is what changes from person to person, but we all have that same need. It's a great point. And again, I encourage people to 
to to just make the call, pick up the phone. That step is always the hardest. I'm not sure why that is. In any kind of effort that you make in life, whether it's weight loss or exercise or investing some way to better your life, it always seems like that first hurdle is is the challenge. Uh, but when they call, who who are they going to talk to? Who what what's going to be on the other end of the line for them? Great question. You're, you're going to speak with one of our customer representatives. And their job is not to sell you metals, right? We have a much different approach. We're going to answer all your questions. We're going to show you what options you have. And on the rare occasion, this isn't right for you. We're going to say this probably isn't right for you. Um, we have a gold company here, but you know, I, I say it all the time. What we actually deal in is customer service. We want each and every individual that calls to get the answers they need to be able to make the decision that's right for them. And we want to do that in a way that's not pushy, that's not salesy. And that's what makes my team so special. We care about each and every caller. And we're going to show you what options you have, and then you get to make an informed decision. So don't be afraid of the phone call. It's the best thing you can do. And this is why I am so honored and I feel privileged to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. They're the ones that I'm going to deal with, and I encourage you to pick up the phone, give them a call, even easier, go check out their their guide it's a free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. But as you said, Charles, pick up the phone. You're going to talk to someone who can answer your specific questions and get get the ball rolling, get, get started, do something that is a long-term play for your family's benefit. Charles, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be here.